Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you are tuning in for our series, Wind and Fire, where we are seeking a deeper encounter with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to ignite your spiritual life with holy fire. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. How are we doing, everybody? Happy spring. Let's welcome Church Online, our campuses today. Glad to see you guys. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim. So happy you're here for the final week of our series, Wind and Fire, Encountering the Holy Spirit. Have you enjoyed it? Make some noise if you enjoyed it. It's been thrilling to see signs. Yeah, stir it up in the chat there. We've seen the Holy Spirit stirring all over our church. For me, I just loved worship night. That was the most powerful worship night we've had in the history of our church. Standing room only, people kneeling, raising hands. There was this palpable hunger for the Holy Spirit. Um, my wife said, it's such a faith builder, you know, to see other people just coming together and say, hey, we just want to praise the Lord and, and come forward for prayer and healing. We continue to receive wonderful reports. Here's one. Uh, someone emailed me, Pastor Tim, wanted to let you know that my husband's MRI showed no suspicious lesion. We are praising and thanking the Lord. You anointed me as I stood in for him and my daughter. Thank you for your prayers, for believing with us for good results. It's so wonderful to belong to a church where all the gifts of the Holy Spirit are present and moving among the congregation in his love, Marilyn. Can we hear from Marilyn? Amen, sister. The Holy Spirit, guys. Remember, he's got full permission to interrupt all our plans and just do a wonderful thing. And he's stirring, I know, in many of your hearts. Uh, we have over 120 Christ followers signed up for spring baptism next week. Can we hear it for them? They're taking the plunge. Praise God for your obedience to Christ. What we're doing is we're just kind of celebrating spiritual renewal. We just see it. Just like the spring, right? New life springing up. New life in Christ is springing up all over the place. It's going to culminate on Easter, Resurrection Sunday on April 17th. We ought to rip the roof off because Jesus is alive. Amen, church? He's moving through our church, so I want you to invite your family and friends. Understand, Easter is like the Super Bowl for us, okay? But without Snoop Dogg. La-da-da-da-da. Okay? Can, cannot wait for it. Now, now listen here. Last week, we heard from Pastor Kyra and Elizabeth about spiritual gifts. Wasn't that awesome? Can we actually hear it for the ladies in our church? They do an amazing job. Love it. Lady leaders, we, uh, we love you. Th this week, what I just want to do is drill down on one specific gift that I believe is truly supernatural, and that is the gift of supernatural generosity. How many of you know you serve a God who is generous with a capital G, Okay. Think of it this way. Satan starts with S, stands for selfish, but your God starts with G because he is generous. And when the Holy Spirit fills your heart, what often happens is he will open your hands and invite you to be generous to others the way the Lord's been generous to you. Let me tell you, there's nothing more beautiful than when God gets the hold of the heart and the hands of a blood-bought, spirit-filled Christian. Miracles happen. Can I show you one? If you have a Bible or our mobile app, you can turn to Acts chapter 4. We've been in the book of Acts. This is right after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit drops signs and wonders, miracles breaking out all over the place. People are talking in tongues. Uh, Peter and John healed this crippled man. Uh, the early church starts praying, and there's literally an earthquake. I call it a churchquake, you know. And Acts 4 says something supernatural happened. Look at verse 32. Here's what it says. All the believers were one. Everyone say one. One in heart and mind. 
No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all, in everybody, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Can you imagine being part of the early church, man? Like, I think our church is exciting, but this must have been a wild ride. Think about this. At their worship night, right, tongues of, of fire fall on people's heads. They're, they're speaking foreign languages. They pray. The room shakes. These, these signs and wonders break out. People are healed. People are repenting. They're giving their lives to Jesus by the hundreds and the thousands. There's fresh wind. There's fresh fire. But then this miracle in Acts 4 really struck me this week. Some of you are like, well, wait, what miracle? Did you catch it? Notice first, in this church, there was a supernatural sense of unity. Verse 32 says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. Say unity. U-N-I-T-Y. Who remembers Queen Latifah? <laughs> unity in heart and mind, which is pretty incredible. Like, you, we think our world is divided now. This early Christians came from different backgrounds. There were Jewish, Greek, Middle Eastern, African. They speak different languages. They ate different foods. But they were one body, one church in heart and mind. That is their commitment to Jesus, the living word of God. The Holy Spirit wrapped them together in this supernatural unity, one in heart, one in mind. They were united they were sold out, 100% loyal, committed to Christ and one another. Can I just say we need that today? Does the church need unity today? I'll tell you, it's easy to get discouraged when you kind of look around and you see how divided the, the, the church is today, politically, racially. Satan uses all these secondary issues to keep Christians divided. But can I just say when a church makes Jesus Christ our number one priority, our first priority, not politics, not race, not secondary issues, when Jesus is our first flag, our commitment, the Holy Spirit brings supernatural unity, and it's beautiful because you get to say, hey, my skin is different than your skin, but my heart is the same as your heart. My mind is like your mind. We may have differences of opinion, but we're both committed to Christ. His Spirit makes us one. Amen? Can I just say, guys, I believe a divided world needs a united church. Amen? That supernatural unity had this massive impact. Look what the Bible says. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, and they shared everything they had. So it went from unity resulted in, in sharing. It had this very interesting effect. As their hearts came together, it caused them to open their hands, and they shared everything they had. Like, can you imagine being part of a church like that or a small group like that? Where it's like, hey, you need a car? Take mine, bro. Take mine, Nico. What's mine is yours. Use it. Take it. Share it. Pass it on to your brother or sister. They shared all their stuff with anybody who had need. And guys, I believe this is the key ingredient to living a supernatural life that God blesses. Here's my question of the day for you. Ready? Do you have an abundance mentality or a scarcity mindset? Notice that spirit-filled Christians have an abundance mindset that says, you know what? Everything I have belongs to God, and I'm happy to share because I believe there's more where that came from. Do you believe that? That you serve a generous Abba, a heavenly Father, 
who loves you so much. For God so loved the world that he what, church? That he gave. Your father is a giver. He gave you breath of life. He gave you your family, your health. He solved your sin problem. He says, I'm going to give my own son, Jesus Christ, to pay your debt of sin. On the cross, Jesus cancels your debt of sin. You get inheritance in heaven. Think of all that means. Your father in heaven owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He blesses you with food, with education, with work, with opportunities to make a living. He provides for all your needs. And here's the reality. Listen to me. Everything you have, everything belongs to him. Psalm 24 says this. The earth is the Lord's. Can we read this together? The earth is the Lord's and what? Everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Circle that word, everything. I'm going to teach you some Hebrew. You know what the Hebrew word for everything is? Everything. <laughs> the early Christians believed their heart. Everything I have belongs to God, and there's more where that came from. They had this abundance mindset. No one even claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Now contrast that abundance mindset with a scarcity mentality which says, you know what? There's not enough to go around. Have you been around people like that? They're like, what's mine is mine, and what's yours is, well, hopefully mine someday, you know? <laughs> I remember when our kids were little, both were under five years old, and Colleen and I go out for dinner to this nice restaurant with another couple. They didn't have kids, and they're like, no, bring your kids. It's fine. And, we're, and I was like, you know, they can play under the table with coloring books, and, and we're enjoying this nice, relaxing dinner, like finally some adult connection, you know, white tablecloths, you know, and all that. And our kids are on the table, and suddenly the peace in the restaurant is shattered by this blood-curdling scream, mine, mine. And then you hear, no, it's mine. Parents, you know this one? You're familiar with this one? Every parent, <laughs> every parent just had to start twitching, like, I know this one. <laughs> Both kids are screaming at the top of your lungs, mine! And Colleen jumps up, she pulls up the tablecloth, and they are battling over an Elmo doll. Okay, you guys know Elmo, right? They're, they're like, he's mine! No, he's mine! My son and daughter are pulling Elmo's arms, refusing to share, and Elmo's like caught in the middle. He's like, <laughs> you're hurting me! I thought they were going to rip Elmo's arms off, man. Every person here... You can tell a story about a little kid who refuses to share, yeah? But we hope and we pray they're going to grow up and grow out of it, right? Because like you and I just get it. Like, hey, life ain't going to go well <laughs> if you're going to live your life with watches, hands clenched, mine, and you don't learn to share with others. But the truth is, there's a lot of adults walking through life with a scarcity mindset, hands clenched. I've got to hold on to everything I have. I can't possibly give because you're convinced there's not enough to go around. And maybe God can't be trusted to provide what I need. A lot of Americans, actually, they won't say it out loud, but they think what's mine is mine and what's yours actually threatens me because it means if, if she has more than me, maybe it'll run out. So I got to hold on to what I have, mine. Understand it's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's Satan. That's your flesh. That's your selfishness. Just ask Elmo, okay? <laughs> Satan ripped my arms off. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I'm available for kids' parties, by the way. Just said it. When the Holy Spirit breathes on a believer's heart, you know, you guys have felt this. When you get a big hug from Abba, 
He says, you are my son or daughter. Through Christ, I see you as perfect. When you have felt his love and God's grace and how generous he is, when you see these spiritual gifts and blessings that God is pouring out in you, you can't help but open your hands because a generous spirit comes from a grateful heart. You say, man, everything I have is God's and there's more where that came from. Say, there's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. I can generously give back to God. I can share with anyone because I have an abundance mindset like the early Christians. No one claimed. No one said, that's mine. No one claimed any of their stuff was their own. They shared everything they had. Now, do you want to see the miraculous part? Because when you get a church full of Christians who have a unified heart, an abundance mentality, they have an open heart, open hands. Watch what happens next. Here it is, verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that, let's read this together. There were no needy persons among them. Translation, they wiped out poverty in their community. You think about that. Talk about a miracle. Folks who didn't have enough to eat, hey, you don't go hungry. I'm paying for his meal. I'm going to buy his groceries. Folks who didn't have a place to live, just come stay with me. I'll share my home with you. Folks who didn't have a job or anything, that's okay. Take this. I've been blessed, so let me bless you. Can you imagine being part of a church like that? You are. <laughs> a body so generous, so committed to God and each other that there were no needy persons among them. They literally wiped out poverty. People who were homeless got homes. People who were hungry got fed. The sick received medical care. The poor were provided for, and there were no needy persons among them. How many of you would agree, that's a miracle? <laughs> that is a, that's a supernatural sign of the Holy Spirit at work inside a church. He, what happens is he gets our eyes off ourselves and we actually start to look around and see the needs and open our hands and say, what's mine is yours because everything I have belongs to God and there's more where that came from <laughs> so I can gladly give it to his use. Can I just say I'm encouraged because I see this beautiful spirit of generosity all over our church just when I walk around. I was walking um, in the production room the other day and there's some women knitting blankets and uh, I'll I took a little picture with them. And I said, what are, the, what are these for? Are these for like new babies or something? They said, no, these are for refugee families from Ukraine. They said, we started at the beginning uh, of the war knitting together these blankets. We're shipping them to refugee families flooding into Poland. And that just so struck me. Like this stuff goes on behind the scenes. They're giving their time to shower care and compassion, watch this, on people they will never meet. That's an abundance mindset. What's, what's mine is yours. And there's more where that came from. I stopped in a small group um, last week in Somerset County. This was so cool. Me, Anthony, and Karen, they're small business owners. They run a fitness studio in downtown Somerville. And Anthony and Karen felt the spirit nudging them to actually let their gym be used as a men's small group meeting space. Now, listen to this. If you're a small business owner, you know this is a sacrifice because they're giving up training clients on that night. So they can do a different kind of bodybuilding, build the body of Christ. That's an abundance mindset. Do you believe God's going to bless them, bless their business? You bet he will, because they're putting God first. May God continue to open our heart and our hands wider and wider so that people would look at liquid and say of our church like Acts 4. Man, God's grace is so powerfully at work in them all. There's no needy persons among them. None of these Christians felt that what they owned was their own, and so they shared it freely with others. So time out, a little gut check, right? Like, 
honest moment? Is that how you feel about your possessions? You know, do you have that ab abundance mentality as your posture? Like, man, everything God I have belongs to you. And I'm just sharing what's already yours. Remember, a generous spirit comes out of this grateful heart. Listen to this verse from Proverbs 11. It says, the world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger, while the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Here's a measure for you. Are you living a life that is expanding? It's expansive. It's wide open because of your open hands and your generosity. Or is it actually shrinking smaller and smaller and tighter and tighter because of how tight you're holding on? Mine! Let me show you something, how refreshing it is. Everybody right now, I want you to, to make a fist. Go ahead. Two, two hands, make fists, okay? Just close them. Now, squeeze your fist as tight as you can, okay? We're going to do it for five seconds. Ready? Go. Squeeze. As tight as you can. Harder. Harder. Squeeze. Squeeze. Now, in three seconds, we're going to release. Three, two, one. So slowly open them. Stretch out your fingers. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> you know why? Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. A posture of generosity feels good to the soul because you're most like your daddy in heaven. And it's a promise from Abba. Look again at that. This is a promise in Proverbs. The world of the generous, God says, gets larger and larger, while the world of stingy gets smaller and smaller. So the question is, I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, how can we be supernaturally generous like the church here in Acts? Because there's three levels of giving to God. You may not know this, especially if you're, if you're new. Uh, anybody, can I just see folks who maybe come in the last year, you're new to this church? Okay, cool. So the first thing is, the, the first level of generosity, there's three levels of giving. The first is to return the tithe. Everyone say tithe. Do you guys know what the word tithe means? Again, new people here, you may know what, what the tithe is. If you don't know, the word tithe literally means 90%. <laughs> no, I'm just, actually, the tithe means, and it does in some ways. The tithe means, watch this, God gives you 100% and lets you keep 90. How's that sound, business people? Would you like that arrangement? God gives you 100% of the product, and you keep 90% of, pro of the profits. Can you imagine that? The Hebrew word tithe literally actually translates to a tenth or 10%. And the Bible tells believers to return the tithe to God. What that practically means is if you make $500 a week, you return $50 to the house of God, your local church. If you make $50,000 a year, you tithe $5,000 or 10% annually. If God enables you to make $100,000 a year, you return ten, the first $10,000 to your local church. You tithe. You give 10% of every dollar you earn back to God. Why? Not because he needs it. It's not to pay his light bills. It's a way of opening your hands and say, God, everything I've been given belongs to you. And so I'm putting you first in my finances. And I realize that may sound crazy. I'm looking at someone, you're like, what? They do this? If you're a new Christian, you should be grateful. Because <laughs> can I tell you something? tithing families built this church. The seats you're sitting in right now, the classrooms where your kids are learning about Jesus right now, aren't you glad for families who tithe? Can we make some noise for them? I sure am. I praise God for you. I pray for you. If you aren't tithing, I want to challenge you to start this spring. You know, maybe, and no guilt, okay? We don't do guilt here. It's a grace. We're under grace, not law. But maybe you fell away from putting God first during the pandemic. I want to encourage you to get back on board with tithing this spring. Tithing is the ground floor. It's the lowest level of giving in God's economy. 
Because returning 10%, it's the bare minimum the Bible challenges us to give back to God. Remember, he says, I'm going to give you 100%. You keep 90 for yourself. But before you start spending all of it, I want to put training wheels on your heart. Because where your money is, there your heart will be also. So put it with me first. So return the tithe to me. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice we use ex- very, in very precise language here. We say return the tithe. You don't give a tithe. Technically, you can't, give, you can't give something that belongs to somebody else, right? You can only return it. So you're just returning the first portion to God. God says, return the first 10% to my house, the local church, first level. And then watch this. You're free to give at the next level, which is to share an offering. The Bible calls it a free will offering. It's anything that's above and beyond the tithe. This is so important, okay? So when you see somebody in need and the Spirit stirs in you, speaks something to your heart, you say, you know what? I want to share an offering with them. It doesn't always have to be the church. It could be to people you just see in need. God puts in your paths. For example, a couple weeks ago, I got an email from a Ukrainian friend who we went on a mission trip together, a clean water trip, and his wife and kids and father-in-law are stuck in Ukraine. They're trying to get out. They're moving from city to city, trying to get out to Poland to fly home, but they don't have enough money. And so he said, you know, if there's anything you can do, and I was like, of course. So Colleen and I, we, gave a per- we shared a personal offering with that family just as a way of helping Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And because we know them, we have a relationship. So an offering is something when, when, when the Spirit stirs your heart to help those in need. Beyond your tithe, you can't, you, if you don't tithe, you can't even give an offering. But you see somebody say, you know what, your times are tight, and I know you just lost your job. You know, here's $200 for groceries this week. God told me just to bless you. Or maybe your, your, your neighbor lost your job, and, and, and he said, you know, I want to help you pay your rent next month. Offerings are a beautiful way that show the heart of God to the heart of people in need. The Bible says, honor me with your tithes and offerings. So understand it this way. Tithes show your obedience and your love for God. Offerings show your heart and love for others. Does that make sense? And here's the secret. What I've found over 20 years is that the people who give the most generous offerings are those who already tithe. Do you know why? Because they have more money. I'm I'm not kidding. When you return the first 10%, you know what God says? I've promised to bless the rest. Listen to this promise in Proverbs chapter 3. It says this. Honor the Lord with your, what's the W word there? Wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce, that's the tithe, the first fruits, first 10%. Then your barns will be filled with what? Plenty. And your vats will be bursting with wine. Bursting wine, overflow. It's this picture of abundance, overflowing barns. It's this picture of of blessing, of favor. Not because you deserve it, not because you earned it, but because your father says, I can trust this kid with more. He says, if you'll put me first in your finances, just test me and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven because you share my heart. You understand tithing's a test? It's, it's, it's just like you do with your kids. It's God the Father trying to, to shape the hearts of his kids and say, do you have this scarcity mindset, this Elmo mentality? Mine! Mine! Or an abundance mindset. All of this belongs to God, and there's more where that came from. Over and over, God makes this promise and pledge to the generous. The one who blesses others is what? What's the word? Abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. How many of you believe, show your hands, I'm just curious. How many believe you can do more, you can earn more 
living on 90% that has the blessing of God than living on 100% without it. Yeah? I believe it. When you honor God first with a tithe and offering, God says, I'm going to bless that man with more. I'm going to bless that girl. I'm going to pour out my abundance on that woman because she keeps her heart soft. She keeps her hands open, and I can trust her because she has my heart of generosity. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped by God themselves. You know, I'll just tell you on a personal note, um, and I don't talk about this a lot, but Colleen and I can vouch for the truth of this promise. Um, we started tithing the year we got married. This is 22 years ago, and we didn't have a nickel to our name. We didn't have a dime. Uh, I was a, a, a teacher, a middle school teacher, and I was driving a beater Ford Explorer with 200,000 miles. Praise God. <laughs> Colleen was still paying off her college loans, and we said, if, you know, how are we going to afford to do this? And I was like, can we afford not to? So we started returning 10% of our joint income to our local church. It wasn't liquid at the time. It was another church. By the way, this isn't for our church. If you go to another church, give to your, give your local church. But for the last 22 years, can I just tell you, we have seen the abundance of God. He blessed us more and more and more. Not just material. I mean, he has blessed my wife's business. I'm talking about the blessing of peace in our marriage, in our home. Supernatural blessings in this church. So about 15 years ago when we launched Liquid, we actually set a goal. We asked God, we said, God, would you give us the grace to be in the top 50 givers every year to this church? Now, understand something. We ain't rich, okay? We live in New Jersey. You know, yeah? You got two kids going to college, okay? But in faith, we began increasing our giving every year. At first, we just returned the tithe, 10%. But then one year, we said, could we give 11%? And then next year, 11.5%, and then 12%. And then the Holy Spirit said, could you give a little bit more, 14%, share an offering with the church. So understand 10% is our tithe, but 4% is our offering that we give. And that was a lot. (laughs) But we obeyed because we trust God 100%. And we have seen him bless us abundantly in ways I can't even tell you. I don't share this with you to impress you because it has nothing to do with, with, with us. It is a joy to honor Jesus with our finances. A generous spirit just comes out of a grateful heart for what God's done for you. But understand something, I tell you because I will never ask you to do something I don't do myself. And when I look at the, what God's done through the generosity of ordinary families in this church, not rich, just normal working families, in the last 10 years, I'll just tell you if you're new, you are sitting among some of the most generous people in the entire nation. They're literally changing the world in Jesus' name. Can I tell you what God has done through your giving? Guys, You have drilled 300 wells in Africa and Central America and brought clean, safe drinking water to over 100,000 people. Can we give God a praise for that? That's through your generosity. We've given 3 million meals to feed starving children, hungry families, the global poor, those with food insecurity. Your tithes and offerings have paid for that. You have given $2 million to serve and love and care for the homeless on the streets of Newark and Patterson, giving soups, uh, soup, socks, food, hygiene kits, all sorts of things with our partners at City Relief. It's an amazing thing to see what you've done. You have Jesus's heart for the least and the last and the lost, our special needs community. When I think of your spiritual portfolio, what you have invested in, 
over $2 million towards our, our, our buddy ministry, kinetic gym, hosting proms for over 4,000 young adults, employment, our clean water cafe. You have renovated battered women's shelters. You have mucked out homes flooded by hurricanes. The list goes on and on and on. Do you know how any of this impact is possible? All of it was paid for by the tithes and offerings you give to this church. So give God some praise for supernatural generosity. Guys, that's the last level of giving in Christ church. I told you there's three levels, right? There's the returning the tithe. It's the ground floor. You can share an offering. But the third level here in Acts 4, this is, look at this. Go back to Acts 4. It describes those of you who give from your gains. That's what we see here in Acts 4. Look again at verse 34. It says this, from time to time, those who owned what? Land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Don't miss the miracle. Did you see it? People who owned property, second homes, <laughs> land, capital assets. The Spirit touched them so much, they sold them and used the sale to help those in need. Guys, this is supernatural generosity. Could I just say, Ain't nobody naturally thinks or acts this way. I'm just telling you today here at church, I didn't have one person come up to me before the service and say, Pastor Tim, the spirit touched my heart. He told me to sell our house and give the money to the church. No one said that to me this morning, okay? I will be around after the service if you'd like to talk, okay? The, it's just not natural, right? The human mind doesn't think naturally like that. The human mind is the Elmo mind. Mine, mine, I'm gonna spend this on myself, <laughs> But a generous spirit comes from a grateful heart. And the Holy Spirit reveals how generous and loving God the Father's been to you. He gave his son Jesus, and you see the blessing and the favor he's poured out on your life. There's a supernatural generosity that wells up, and watch this, overflows to others. Everyone say overflow. Do you see how the early church gave out of their overflow? Yes, everybody returned tithes. Yes, some gave offerings. But watch this. There was a small percentage of wealthy people who the Spirit moved to make a next-level investment. From time to time, every once in a while, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. You know why it's a miracle? Because in the first century when this was written, 99% of the people were peasants. They were poor farmers. Nobody owned land. Nobody owned homes. They lived on leased land, and they eked out a subsistence living. They were poor. But apparently, there were some wealthy Christians among them, those who owned land or houses. They were property owners. They had real estate. They had capital assets. It meant they were the 1% of the 1% of the 1% who, watch this, had an overflow of wealth. And that's similar today, isn't it? Wealthy people, I'm not one of them. I mean, comparatively to the globe, I think we all probably are. But most wealthy people in the Western world don't live off their income. They live off their investments. You understand that? Property, real estate, homes, businesses, stocks. Marketplace people, you all understand this, okay? True wealth isn't about your income. It's about your investments. <laughs> and what's supernatural here is that the Holy Spirit stirred the wealthiest people to watch this. Give from their gains, from the overflow. They actually said, I think the Lord is telling me to liquidate some of my property, some of my stocks, some of my real estate. From time to time, in other words, the Holy Spirit once in a while will ask 
am I still number one in your heart? And those who owned land or homes sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. Now that's the first century. You and I right now, we're in the 21st century. In our world, we might have said, and from time to time, those who owned Apple stock <laughs> or Amazon, <laughs> from time to time, those who owned Bitcoin, <laughs> from time to time, those who owned stocks or crypto, wherever their investments were, brought the money from the sales and reinvested it in the local church. In other words, they gave from their gains. Now understand this, I'm talking to some people here because you've got an incredible earthly portfolio, but you don't have an eternal portfolio. Let me tell you something. You want a spiritual portfolio with an eternal ROI, return on investment, where you say, you know what? It's not enough to just build my own wealth. I want to use some of my gains to build God's kingdom. Just kind of curious, how many of you have an investment portfolio? You've got some investments, something like, you know, like we have a retirement portfolio, IRA, that kind of stuff. How many of you have um, uh, uh, some stocks, okay, or real estate, okay? Maybe you're a millennial (laughs) and you have some Bitcoin (laughs) or Ethereum or crypto as an investment. Can I challenge you this spring, just here from Acts 4, to give from your gains? Because it's one of the most powerful ways you can advance Christ's kingdom here on earth. Remember something, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can build up a portfolio in heaven. Let me tell you two beautiful stories of, I think, supernatural generosity during the pandemic. There's a family in this church who sold their home during COVID. It was the height of the housing market boom. And they're like, are we crazy to do this? They couldn't believe their fortune, but they felt the Lord telling them to tithe on the sale of their home. And the husband told me, when I thought God was t- talking to me, I was like, I don't, I don't know this is the Holy Spirit speaking. So he talked to his wife, and she said, I was feeling the same thing, independent of him, by the way. That's one of the ways you confirm it's the Holy Spirit. Confirms it independently in their hearts. And so they decided to tithe on the sale of their house. And he said, we sold it for almost 250000 over what we paid for it. And so they tithed $25,000, 10%, back to this church. That's incredible, guys. That's, that's supernatural generosity. That's giving from your gains. Another business owner approached our team and said, hey, Tim, I'm selling my business. God's blessed our family beyond what I could dream. He said, what can I invest in that liquid? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we already tithe, and we love giving an offering at Christmas. But God blessed our family beyond what we expected. We sold our business, and we want to give a portion of it back to God to help those in need. By the way, they told this to me last fall as our church was gearing up to make a major investment to feed the homeless and those who are hungry living on the streets of Patterson. And I was like, God, you're connecting the dots. Our new campus in Patterson, it's opening in Wayne. It's just steps away from Patterson. Um, it's one of the poorest cities in all of Passaic County. In the heart of our church, we always want, like, we want to serve our way into the heart of the, of the community, feed the hungry. And we do that through our partnership with City Relief. Relief Plus in Patterson, and, and they just asked us to be an anchor donor for that project. And they said, would you consider a multi-year gift? Now, understand something. This was during the pandemic. Our financial team, they're like, Tim, finances are tight. They still are, by the way. But outreach to the poorest of the poor is the heart of this house. So we're like, maybe we can do 50000 or 70000 But this business owner said, I want to make an investment. God's blessed me to be a blessing to others. I'm going to take some of the sale of my business, make a supernaturally generous gift, and praise God. Guys, we were able to make a $150,000 commitment to the homeless serving with the relief bus. Give God a praise because that's supernatural generosity. When the Spirit talks to you and says, you see what I've done in your life? I blessed you beyond. You can't even contain it. I want you to give from your gains and bless thousands of people in need. 
And so I just want to challenge you business owners, those of you who are investors, okay, or you're retired, or you're a marketplace leader. Maybe God has blessed you with the gift of making money. It comes easy for you. You have an abundance. Can I, can I lovingly challenge you this spring to give from your gains to God's work here at Liquid Church? Because Lord knows we need it. <laughs> our finances took a significant hit over the last two years, guys. We've done our very best to keep serving the poor, helping families in need. But giving actually went down 17% over the last two years during this pandemic. So there's a huge need, and there's a huge opportunity for you to make a difference. So today, I want to close by just sharing just a, a brand new way to give to our mission. Um, we're excited to announce that you can now give from your gains back to God by donating stock and crypto to the church. Isn't that kind of cool? How? We've partnered with a ministry called Overflow. To make donating stock, it's safe, it's easy, it's very simple, it's totally secure. For those of you who've never donated stock or crypto before, it's actually a very tax-efficient way to give. When you donate stock directly to the church, you can save up to 20% in capital gains taxes. So if you got some of you are like, what is, what is that? You're not speaking my language? I know, you're not part of the wealthy, I get that. But there's people who have assets who are like, I, this, this can be part of my spiritual portfolio. If you go to our giving page, liquidchurch.com give, what you will see today, going live today, there's a new button that says, give online, give stocks, give crypto. And all you do is click the button, enter your email, check it out. It sends a code to your phone that's 100% secure. It's super easy. The transfer happens within 24 hours. It's very exciting. Can I tell you, like Acts 4 here, over the years we have had people approach us about liquidating assets. They say, I want to give to liquid. And there's one family with significant stocks, uh, investments. And every year, they send our church stocks to help pay for the one million meals that we pack and pay and provide and ship to the global poor. That's giving from your gains and translating earthly wealth into eternal investment. I'll end with this. Listen to what Jesus said. Listen, listen to what he said. He said, hey, hey, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Mine! Where moths and rust destroy. Where thieves break in and steal, but... Store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is challenging us. Don't just make money. Make sure there's purpose to your profits. Remember, you can't keep any of your wealth on earth, but you can send it on ahead to heaven. So maybe you were an early investor in some stocks or crypto, and God's saying, I want you to sell some of your Bitcoin or your, or your J&J stock so we can feed our homeless neighbors in Patterson in Jesus' name. Remember, God's blessed you so you can be a blessing to others. Amen? So whatever you give, however you give, I hope you will do it just with joy, man. Because generosity is joyful. And I'm praying, I've been praying this week, listen to me, almost done. Every single person here today will participate in today's offering. We want 100% participation. In fact, in your program today, if you're at one of our physical locations, we put an offering envelope. Can you just take that out? We're going to put a giving link for church online. Just take that envelope out. We're asking for 100% participation today. Everybody who calls Liquid Home, whether in person or online, if this church has blessed your life, your family, you got a heart to help the poor outside the walls, we need your generosity this spring. Uh, if you're new to our church, you should know we have the highest levels of financial integrity at Liquid. We're actually a member of ECFA. That's the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. It's like the gold seal of approval for churches. It's the highest level of financial integrity and transparency a church can have. You know what this seal means? It means we have an independent board. It means I'm not in charge of the money. 
We, we don't receive the offering, and then we go count it in my office, and I put it in my truck, and we take it home. And You know that weirdo stuff you see in the news, okay? None of my family members work for this church, okay? I drive the used pickup truck, okay? Every year, our church goes through a financial audit. We pass with flying colors. You're free to look at that. We have so many financial controls and safeguards, so you can give with 100% confidence. It's one of the reasons I believe God's blessed our ministry because we have a high level of integrity before the Lord because the money we believe is his, not ours. Amen? So I want you to give in one of three ways. I want to challenge those of you who aren't already tithing to return the tithe. Maybe you've never tithed. Give it a try this month. If you've fallen away, you stopped giving to our pandemic, jump back on board this spring. Just say, God, I want to put you first in my finances. If you need to, to write a makeup check, stick it in this envelope, do it. If you're behind in your bills and you're like, 10% is too much, give 5%, give 3%. Just start somewhere. The point is to say, God, you're first. You, everything I have is yours. I'm going to return the first portion of what he gave you. Remember, MasterCard has no power to pay your bills. <laughs> and you'd rather live on 90% that has God's blessing than keep 100% without it. Or maybe you're going to give an offering. Some of you, I want you to use this postage paid envelope or, or give online. Because God has a lot ahead for us as our church prepares to feed the homeless in Patterson. We're going to be hosting two proms for young adults with special needs. And your offering at this time, this moment, this spring is needed more than ever. We are trying to make up for lost ground during the pandemic. And we're praying to be on solid financial footing by the summer. And remember this, guys. It's not about the amount. I'm not telling you how much to give. Do you remember the widow who puts two pennies into the offering, what Jesus said about her? He said, look at her. You see that lady? That poor widow put in more than all the rich people because they gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, everything she had. So it's not about the amount. It's about the heart behind it. God will bless whatever you give. And finally, I just sense the Spirit telling me, man, Tim, you're going to be speaking to maybe just six families or maybe a dozen, dozen families across our church. I'm going to challenge you to give from your gains. I'm hoping the Holy Spirit will speak to some of you about giving from your gains and making a supernaturally generous gift. You know, maybe these last two years have actually been a blessing for you. <laughs> Pandemic was hard, but your profits went up, or your real estate or business doubled, or your, your investments tripled. Don't feel guilty. God's blessed you. There's no shame in making money. That's a blessing from your Father. He trusts you. Just make sure there's a purpose to your profits. So you pray about it, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide your giving. Remember, you can't take any of it with you, but you can send it on ahead and lay up treasure in heaven. You want an eternal ROI. You know what that is? It's people getting saved. You're going to see next week all those baptisms. It's helping the poor, feeding the hungry in Jesus' name. If you feel led to give that kind of spiritual gift, we need it more than ever right now. So just go to our give page or talk to one of our pastors if you have questions. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to call the ushers forward at all of our campuses for a generosity moment. We're going to be giving our tithes and offerings. We kind of pass that popcorn bucket so you can drop your cash, your envelope in there. Or it's a prepaid envelope, so you can just stick it in the mail if you need to go home and uh, write a check or something. Or you can give online. Those of you online, you can give real easily by clicking the link there. But let's do this. Before we uh, send the, uh, the buckets down the road, let me just pray right now. Put your hands out. Let's just say, God, everything I have is yours. Open hands. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, we all belong to you, Jesus. And it's our joy to return a portion to your work. Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit, would you send out an abundance mentality well up in this church. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts. Help us to open our hands and invest in your work on earth. Lord, you've always provided for the needs of this church as we champion the poor. And Father, we need your provision this spring. So Holy Spirit, 
move through us. Unleash a spirit of supernatural generosity in your people. We believe it's more blessed to give than receive. So we dedicate these tithes and offerings to your name. Everyone said together, amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive today's tithes and offerings. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up this April, we invite you to celebrate Easter with Liquid Church. We have three ways to worship on Easter weekend with options including church online, in person, or an Easter extravaganza for the kids. To learn more about us and our Easter services, check out liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.